Hello, my name is Chris Fett and welcome to Saturday at these two defeats from a crisis where we will be looking back on Rangers 2-2 draw with Celtic. Joining me to do this is two of my very favourite poddles. First of all, Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Bit disappointed, but all right. Yep, yep. And Tom. Tom, it's been a long time. Has indeed. Hello to you and Kenny. How are you both? Yeah, well, I think we'll, I think we'll <laughs> finish the move. Um, I'm good, Tom. Thanks. Rangers obviously drew two each with Celtic, and on the face of it, I think many of his, many of us would have accepted that. Um, maybe not accepted the fact that it was a, a draw, but under the circumstances, it would be nice a couple of months if we were told that the match was going to f- uh, finish 2-2 before a ball was kicked. We'd be disappointed with the draw, but at least we would be like, well, there must have been something in it. Um, however, we've came away, and I have to say, myself personally, um, it felt like a defeat, um, and not just a kind of, you know, Parkhead 4-0 defeat or, or, or a slender 1-0, 2-0 defeat. I actually felt like a really, really bad one, a right kick in the balls, because the consequences of this draw is Celtic are now in a mightily strong position to obviously um, capture the league title again, um, barring um, quite a quite a drop-off we need from Celtic, which I just... To be honest, I don't see coming, and of course the manner in which the 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 result um, manifested itself. Obviously, Celtic getting a very very late goal, and um, we're obviously going to come on to those things. But just just in the context of that, Kenny, um, are, are you pretty much the same, or or, do, or can you see any kind of positive light from it? Yeah, there was some positives. I thought we we, we played well uh, last 10, 15 minutes of the first half. First half half hour of the second half, I thought we we did okay. I thought we caused them a lot of bother. We changed the shape, um, but ultimately, no, a draw does us no good, Chris, none at all. Um, and both goals are our own doing. Um, they don't have to do a great deal to get their draw, do they? Well, that's it. I mean, the one criticism of a Celtic side, Tom, um, from from an outsider's perspective, which is obviously uh, as as my perspective is. They create a, a shitload of chances, but their, their chance conversion rate is very low. Um, they, they are pretty much four or five shots to every goal. Um, however, they do create 20 to 25 shots on, on goal each match. But on this particular match, Tom, they had two shots on target and two goals, and that makes it all the more disappointing. Yeah, we, we gave them it, let's be honest. You know, it's it's, it's that cliche again, but it's, it's two points dropped rather than one point gained. Yeah, and... Yeah. I have absolutely no interest in, obviously, the Celtic fans' reactions, but I think in the context of this conversation, it's important. You just need to look at how they reacted at full time. It was a reaction of a win. Uh, they were absolutely delighted, and that says it all for me, um, because they know now that they're pretty much close to, to sealing this title. Obviously, we've still got quite a bit to go, 18 games, of course, but um, as I said, I, I just can't see where that, you know, Two defeats out with an old firm are going to come from, um, but stranger things have happened. So we just need to live in uh, hope. But we will now get into the game. Obviously, the starting lineup was a very interesting um, talking point before the game. It was McGregor, Tavernier, Golson, Davis, Barisic. I don't think anyone had any complaints with that. Kamara, Lundstrom. Again, I think that was pretty much nailed on or predicted by most. But it was a front four that was a talking point. Tom and Kent Morelos. Uh, I think most of us would have predicted that anyway. But Sakala was handed a start. Tom, were you surprised to see Fashion in the lineup? Massively. Yeah, it was yeah, didn't, didn't expect to see him at all. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. And to be honest, I didn't I didn't want to see him there. 
But yeah, ultimately, yeah, uh, you proved me wrong, which I'm sure we'll cover later on. Yeah, you certainly made you. Uh, Kenny, what about you? What was your thoughts on starting lineup? Um, I thought it was pretty much as expected, apart from perhaps Sakala uh, and and Jack not playing. I, uh, we called this last week, didn't we? Um, where I had actually said that it wouldn't disappoint me if Sakala started, just because he had caused them bother before, and what a game he had. But um, there was no real surprise apart from that, was there, to be fair? So, yeah, pretty much as expected apart from a wee tweak. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think there was, you know, many surprises. I think the, the biggest surprise for me was the shape. You know, I think uh, most of us were predicting a more conservative approach to the game. Uh, but obviously, Bill in the press conference said that we don't take a, a step back at Ibrox, we take a step forward. doesn't matter who the team is. Um, and he certainly backed his words up with a very attacking-looking uh, lineup and... You know, it was it was bold. It was very bold. Um, I don't really particularly mention the opposition lineups when, when reviewing games, but I think the Celtic lineup was very very interesting. Flinging a new signing in at right back, that was a hell of a baptism of fire for him. And obviously James Forrest starting, Jota on the bench, Juranovic uh, on the bench, Jackie Marcus on the bench. So they had quite a, a strong bench, uh, and I would say Kenny. It was probably the weakest eleven they've fielded against us in a very long time. And do you do you read much into that? Do you do you see that as a sign of arrogance, or or, or was or was Postecoglou sort of being cute because he knew that Rangers were going to come out um, all guns blazing for that kind of first hour, and then obviously the strength of player that he could bring on could have changed the game anyway. Do you think that was his approach, or do you see it as a sign of maybe a wee bit of cockiness, a wee bit of arrogance there? No, I don't think that. I don't think there's too much arrogance about it. I think going by the, I, I haven't seen much of them to be honest. But going by the stats, uh, James Forrest has been playing quite well. He's scoring goals, so that doesn't surprise me. I was delighted to see him in their lineup because he's not kicked a ball against us for years. So, um, but apart from that, Juranovic I thought would start, but then he's brought the the new guy in. He's probably trying to protect him if he's leaving. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I'm a wee bit like every other Rangers fan. I don't care too much about them, but uh, it highly noticeable that their bench was very strong. I thought he'd have started with Jota, but he didn't. He started with Maeda. That worked for him first half in particular. Um, he, but no, I, I, listen, to be fair, I, I, he he does go on, Poster Coglu, about it being the 16. He does make five subs in every game, doesn't he? So, uh, I I'm not overly surprised by his lineup now. Yeah, so let's just get into the game. Um, I would say the first couple of minutes, you know, the first two to three minutes, Rangers were looking to kind of impose themselves in the game. They were looking to set the tone. We were doing okay. Um, there's a few slight balls there, but we, we looked up for the fight. There didn't look to be any sign of um, softness or a collapse that was imminent. Um, we, we we looked pretty solid. Um as I said, albeit one or two loose balls, but that's to be expected in all firm in the first couple of minutes because players are obviously trying to feel their way into the game. Um, we get to the kind of five-minute mark. There's, we're in a nothing area of the pitch and, and Lundstrom has the ball. He plays a ball behind him to Morelos, which, looking back, I don't think this is discussed enough. Um, I don't understand why Morelos was in that position at the pitch to begin with. Um, he was a striker and he was almost as a, in the quarterback position. 
so the ball from uh, Lundstrom to Morelos, I wasn't overly impressed with. Morelos then looks to play a, a ball across the field to Tavernier. Um, I'm certainly, certainly not impressed with that type of ball because the 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 more safe option was was Goldson. Um, the ball lands to Tavernier. Um, so people say it was a bad ball. I don't think it was a bad ball because the ball that you know the pass actually lands to its intended target. It was a very, very stupid pass to make. It was a risky pass to make. That That's a, a more accurate description instead of saying it was a bad ball. Um, Tavernier has the ball under control. Now, this is the this is the kind of point that I, I want to make clear. A lot of people are saying that Tavernier kind of shot out of a 70-30 or an 80-20 in his favour. There was, there was no such thing. The ball landed to Tavernier's foot. He had control of the ball. Um, Tavernier then tries to play the ball back to Goldson and he literally just touches it and it's almost just kind of came off Tavernier and into the path of Dyson Maeda. Um, now, what we do know about this boy Maeda is he might not be the best technically, but this is a, this is a workhorse. This is a guy who will run all day, very, very fast, never stops. And that sheer work rate outdone Tavernier. He's then clear on goal. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed by the position of Goldson and Davis either. I don't know why there was such a massive gap there. Um, and Maeda slots home to make it 1-0. Now, it was just an absolute clusterfuck of um, bad decisions. And ultimately, for me, the blame lies with Tavernier because, the, as I said, the ball was in his possession. He had to hit, uh, you know, an, just a simple pass to Goldson, um, whereas for me, the technique of it, I think he just tried to let the pace of the ball touch his foot, which would, would in his mind, would have been enough to get back to Goldson. But even at that, when the ball, when he loses control of the ball into the path of Maeda, he still has a chance to take Maeda down and take the booking, because I don't think it would have been a red card because Goldson was covering anyway. But instead, he very weakly allows Maeda to, to get through. And as I say, it's 1-0 Celtic at this point after five minutes. Uh, Tom, your thoughts on the goal? Fuck, I think it's just it's just sums it up. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a lazy ball from Morelos. I think you know is 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 the first is the first point that it was lazy. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have given it to Tav. Should have, you know there was other options there, but ultimately yeah, Tav should have Tav should have done better. And the point you just raised there, when he made a complete mess of it, if you take him either down, take the booking. All right, it's five minutes in, you know, as a defender, but they don't they don't score. They get you know they get a free kick and they're not they're not it gives a chance to get the players back position ourselves and we didn't do it yeah all right you know defenders you know you you, you know uh, Goldson Davies might have been out of position but they probably weren't expecting the the guys in front of them to make such a rip roaring arse of it yeah absolutely hundred percent Kenny it was just the softest of soft goals wasn't it it was um, I'll give Maeda a bit of credit because he intercepts the the ball. Um, Tavernier's got a real opportunity to just rattle right through him, uh, which leaving your mark in an old fun game is a great idea. Just do that right away. He's got that opportunity. But as you say, the ball, he's actually won the ball. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know what he's trying to do. There's just too much of this uh, over and over and over again from uh, Rangers uh, over the past year or so. These blind passes, you know, they're, they're all doing it. Morelos has done it yesterday, but they're doing it all the time. Um, and very rarely do they work. Do you know what I mean by that? It's just not yeah. happening. Um, whereas, uh, I think, how would you put this? I, I'm trying to give the, the boy, Maeda, a little bit of credit there. 
No, I think he deserves the credit because he, he intercepts it. He sees it coming. He know, he's got his positioning is good. Anticipate, but, but the, the the problem for me is anyone who's watched my Ada, whether it be at the World Cup, or whether it be in just predominantly old firm matches, because obviously most Rangers fans won't watch Celtic matches out with the old firm. Every time I've seen my Ada, that's his style of play. So why we why have we played right in his hands? Anticipation, work great, you know. Um, Constant menace is the traits of this player, and and we've played right in his hands there, um, and that that's a disappointing thing. Maeda did do well, but we're, we're here to kind of look at what Rangers didn't do well in this particular instance, and exactly, uh, and that's what I'm trying to say. I, I I think there's there's just so many. I think it's a poor ball uh, into Morelos. Uh, uh, I think it's actually Lundstrom, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Morelos intercepts, plays a blind pass. Tavernier caught in his heels. Uh, I think Goldson uh, is well out of position, him and Davies. And to be fair, I, I, I just think it's horrific. I, I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching uh, yet again. Time and time and time again, Chris, we are making the, the same errors that are causing bad, bad goals. What's, what's your opinion on Morelos' position for the goal? Why do you think he was so, so deep? Like, I mean, I get that if he's deep on the kind of halfway line, but he, as I said, he's, he's literally in the quarterback position. Like, I don't get why he's there at that time in the match. I don't know, actually. But there's there's a there's a cluster of them there. I don't know if he's coming in to help out because there is a cluster. Mm-hmm. There's about seven or eight players there at the, at the time. Uh, but he, no, I totally agree with you. He shouldn't be there. Lundstrom's got control of it if... If he doesn't come and intercept it and take it away from him, yeah. uh, just bizarre. Honestly, absolute ridiculous goal to lose yet again from you know from us against them. Tom, for the next 15, 20 minutes, and I want to come on to Tab as an individual subject, and we will later on in the podcast. But for the next 15, 20 minutes, Maeda is roasting Tav. Um, I mean, he's not he's not creating much Maeda, but every time he gets the ball down the left, he's he's got the better of Tav. Each and every time, and it does. Pav does eventually come into the game. He does start to stand up to Maeda, and I wouldn't say get the better of him, but he starts to give him a game. It becomes a kind of more even match uh, in terms of their their uh, duel. Um, Tav will sometimes get the better of Maeda. Maeda will sometimes get the better of Tav. But for the next 15, 20 minutes after that goal, it was all Maeda. And at this point, I'm just like, this is this is bad. This is this is shut the bed territory. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the the team panicked. I honestly think you know they they weren't one 0 down. They almost they almost got flashbacks to you know the August match and just what what's going to happen here. And they just needed that. Well, they did fifteen minutes of you know chasing Celtic, unfortunately. And they yeah. just needed that. They always got that little bit of luck that you know Celtic couldn't do anything with it, thankfully. Yeah. You know if they had, yeah, God, I think we'd have collapsed. Because another player I do want to come on to uh, in an individual conversation is John Lundstrom, because uh, I think he really finished the match very strongly. Um, I think we can actually look at him having to come off as being the turning point, really. Um, but again, for this fifth, first 20, 25 minutes, Lundstrom is chasing shadows, and I'm, my, all my fears are coming home to roost at this point, Kenny. Um, Lundstrom and Tav are not the only ones. Like I, I know I'm picking on them here at the moment, but for that kind of first 25 minutes, the only guy with pass marks was Sakala for me because Sakala was chasing everything. It was he had a wee bit of dig. You could tell that um, he he was trying to almost single-handedly bring us back into this game and make it a contest. Now we will come into the the latter 25 minutes of the game where Rangers finished really strongly, but. For that first twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, Kenny, it was looking, 
it was looking pretty bleak, wasn't it? Because it looked like 10 of the 11, well, 9, nine of the 11, if you don't want to include McGregor there, they were not on their game. No, they were not. Um, the, you, you mentioned Metavenir and Maeda. Uh, listen, that, that's a really simple thing. I, I played left-back when, when I was younger, and all Maeda was doing was knocking it down the touchline and using his pace. Um, it, it took Tav a good 25 minutes, half an hour, to figure that out. And he just, all he did was stand a, stand a couple of yards back, and it, it dealt with that completely. Um, whereas, to be fair, the minute they scored their goal, they were zipping it about, they were keeping it. We were chasing shadows, as you say, um, and we just couldn't get near them. Uh, if they had scored then, I, I tend to agree with Tom, it, would have been, it could have been a collapse. But to be fair to Rangers, I thought they, they kept their shape quite well, uh, as best they could. Uh, they didn't create too many chances, Celtic, for all that ball that they had in that first half hour, 25 minutes. But, yeah, we, we it was worrying to watch because we've seen that movie before, haven't we? And to being honest, I, I think that um, yesterday's a wake-up call for a number of those players, I think. Certainly, certainly. Um, so the next kind of half of the first half, uh, Rangers... I would use the word dominant, to be honest. I really would. Um, Morelos, two headers from a corner. Ryan Kent hits the post. Now, the Ryan Kent hitting the post, I, I want to talk about, because what really annoyed me was, Celtic had a bye kick. Um, Hart played it to Starfield. Starfield to Carter Vickers. And then two passes later, Celtic had another box. Now, that, that, that just isn't good enough in any game. Never mind an old firm game. And then a couple of minutes after that instance, Morelos presses Hart. And he forces a mistake, passes the ball back to Kamara, who lays it off to, to Ryan Kent, who then hits the post. Was really, really disappointed that Ryan Kent hit the post, but on fuller reflection, actually seeing the game back, it turns out it was actually a really good save by Joe Hart. So fair play to that. I can't really blame Ryan Kent too much for that because it looked as if the ball was getting in if Hart didn't save it. So um, I suppose my point here was when Celtic are pressed, they don't like it and it forces mistakes. Yet, for that first 20 minutes, Kenny, um, as I said, there was an instance where Celtic had the bye kick from Hart, and then three, four passes later, they're in our box. Why Why do you, and I don't think this is on Michael Beale, by the way, because I think the, the way the match panned out shows that Michael Beale did have a game plan, and when Rangers obviously executed that game plan, it worked. But why were these players allowing such lack of pressure on the Celtic team, and... Why did it take them to the kind of half an hour mark to realise, wait a minute here, if we actually press them here, there, there's something in this? Because surely that should have been done right from the very start. Like That that must have been the more logical thing. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that. But the, the one thing I will say is, if you notice, we changed our shape after about 25 minutes. He, he put uh, Sakala uh, in a little bit and allowed that press to get tighter, uh, whereas they were playing through our press. Uh, really quite easily. It was three or four passes and they were through. Whereas f- from that minute where Morelos um, goes and charges at uh, Joe Hart, uh, the game changed from there. They, they they began to get apprehensive about trying to play out. Um, 100% agree with them. Yeah, it, it did. There was just no doubt about it. It's The minute we, we did that and we got close to them, literally in their six, seven, you know, six or seven yards out, um, they they didn't like that at all. And it's exactly what I said last week, Chris. The media are bigging this team up 
as if they are some kind of superstars. Uh, when you get at them, they're not a good side. This is a team, the Celtic side, where I don't want to particularly talk about them, but they finished third in the UEFA, UEFA Cup group last year, or your Europa League group last year, I beg your pardon, and bottom of their Champions League this, this year. They're not a great side, but for whatever reason, they are being touted as some kind of superstars. Rangers proved again yesterday, if you can get at them, they're not a good team. They're decent, but they're not a great side. Paul, I just think I just think it was it's fair. I think our so yeah. going one going one nil down too early. Those players, our players, are nervous. They're yeah. scared of get you know they're scared of getting the fans on the back. You know if we push forward, they're good going forward. We'll concede another one, and the walls will come down at Ibrox. And I think it literally was just that we we're too scared to push forward. They've done it once. You know Alf, Alfie got a bit of joy. Obviously we didn't get anything out of it. But then it's like well we've got this. You know then they get that little bit of belief, that little bit of confidence. And we built from then. I think it was just almost a little small shoot, and we just grew from there. No. We should have ended the first half ahead, never mind in, you know level. In my opinion, we really terrorised them for the last 20, 25 minutes. Well, I think you, I think you're spot on as well, Tom. I think that it is a mentality thing. You know what I mean? Like that, this Rangers team. Uh, I've all, I've always said, it, even with the Europa League run last year, when it comes to domestic football, this Rangers team are. Uh, a phase I play away from absolutely collapsing. Um, I don't know the strongest mentally, and I think that played a lot of it. The, the fact that we conceded the the goal so early, um, I, I felt as if it was a kind of damage limitation job. The the next kind of twenty minutes after conceding the goal, just don't concede another rather than try to force equalise them. And then obviously, as to Kenny's point, Tom Morelos charges down the ball, um, and then things seem to change from there. Another changing point in the game, which is quite surprising to me, was because I was sitting with Eddie for this game. Uh, Greg Taylor goes off, and Josip Juranovic comes on, and actually says to to Kenny, oh, "It's nice to see that they're actually getting weakened, uh, you know, by making an early substitution." I say that obviously ironically and sarcastically because Juranovic had a, a bit of a stormer of a World Cup, so him coming on didn't particularly fill me with much um, hope. But it, as I say, it was actually the turning point because we'll come on to. Uh, him versus Sakala, the non-contest there, but for the t- towards the end of that second half, Morelos was getting a hell of a lot of joy out of Juranovic, especially at corners. Juranovic lost him twice at corners. First first header, Tom. I don't think I think he should have probably got it in target, but I don't think he should. Have, I don't think it's particularly fair to say he should have scored the second header. My God, he should have scored. He should have scored. It's a free header. He's. All he really has to do is direct the ball in the, into the direction of the goal. There's no man in the post. Ah, it's a poor, it's a poor attempt. How are you feeling at this point, Tom? Because I'll, I'll tell you how I'm feeling. I'm feeling as like if we can't get a goal from these situations, I just could not see where it was coming from in the second half. I was just, I've, I've seen this film before. You know, it's it, it's look, it's looking our side with that maybe not. And I was just, I was just, I think no, we we've just not got, we've not got the bit of luck. We've not got that bit of what's the word, bit of belief. I think on the players as well. So yeah, I think we're not going to get this today. It's not our day. Again, it's a it's, it's a great description because I, I think it's certainly that second header by Morelos was just a pure lack of belief. Um, the first one was a wee bit more difficult, as I said, but certainly the second one was was such a an easy opportunity. Um, as I said, you just have to change the direction and the ball and under no pressure. It should have, it should have been a goal, but um, it wasn't. Half-time whistle goes, it's 1-0 Celtic. As I said, at this point, I'm thinking to myself, I just can't see where this is going to come from. I just do not know where it's going to come from, where we're going to get back into this game. 
the only guy I gave pass marks for in that first half was Sakala, and it wasn't because Sakala was causing them problems, it was because Sakala was actually trying, he's, he's damnedest. Um, I felt a good five or six of them had shit the bed at this point. Tillman very quiet, Kent industrious as always, but his threat was pretty much neutralised. Um, Morelos, as I said, had a few chances missed. Lundstrom and Kamara were just, for me, they were empty jerseys in that first half. Golson Davis Barisic can't really point to any mistakes that they made other than the the, the, the first Celtic goal. I thought they kind of came into the game, but they, they were still uh, they still went to the level required. And obviously Tavernier, although he did start to come into that first half, I thought Tavernier just had an absolute shocker. Um, all, all told, so. I was expecting substitutes at the second half. I was expecting to see Arfield or Jack. Um, and we came out, Kenny, and the, the starting 11 was the exact same. Did that surprise you in any way? No, not not really, because, I, I, as I say, I think you've just said it yourself, the amount of chances we created in the last 15, 20 minutes, uh, I think Bill would have been quite happy with those chances being created. I don't think they'd been happy with the first half performance, but they had played their way right back into the game, I thought. Um, not overly surprised at, at no subs, but I must admit I, I wasn't uh, 100% sure that Tillman would come back out. I thought he might have changed that, but uh, I thought Tillman played well in the second half, so that shows Michael Beals knows what he's doing and I don't. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, second half starts, Tom, and Rangers are rampant, uh, in particular Fashion Sakala. Sakala is going at Juranovic, and Juranovic cannot handle him at all. Uh, ball comes from Alan McGregor into the midfield, um, and the pass is then made into the path of Fashion Sakala. Juranovic is a good 10 yards away for Sakala. If Borna Barisic or James Tavernier done this, I am going off my fucking head. It was so poor positionally, but you know what? We don't care. Obviously, it goes another benefit. Sakala then runs in field, feeds the ball out to the left to Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent then has to really, there's only one way Ryan Kent can go, and that's cut into the, his right hand side. So, poor defending by Celtic, the right back there. And then a just sublime finish by Ryan Kent, the likes of which we haven't seen enough of. And it's one each. Ryan Kent's reaction to me was absolutely spot on. No time for a celebration. Yeah, there's a wee fist bump there. Let's get the ball. Sakala's got the ball. Um, let's get back. Let's get in the lead now. We've got that early breakthrough. It's a it's a level game. Alan McCoy said on commentary, it's game on now. Um, he was right. Um, Tom, did you see that coming? Be honest, did you really see that coming that we would level that up within one minute of the second half starting? No, not at all. No, that was... Yeah, I said, you know, when the second end of the first half, it's not going to be our day. As yeah. you know, that, we, we've, I've seen it before. We're going to, we'll toil, we'll do our best, we'll have chances, but we'll get nothing to show for it. But clearly, whatever Michael Beale said at, at half time, whether it was the arm or the shoulder, or he kicked an, he kicked an arse or two, it worked wonders. Kenny, it was just a fantastic, uh, well worked team goal. It was a, a great pass. Listen, it's a, a tremendous pass from Alan McGregor, actually, um, straight to, Tam, uh, to Sakala. Sakala had been, when he had got in that position, he'd been down the touchline. This time he runs straight into the middle, uh, gives himself two options, plays the right option, and uh, sends the boy, uh, Ryan Kent sends the boy for a hot dog, bang, top corner. What a finish it is. Absolutely brilliant goal. Uh, but did I see it coming? No. I've got yeah. to be honest, I didn't know. Yeah, just a, a, a half idea. An unreal finish from Ryan Kent. Uh, Rangers have then obviously got the kind of. The, the, the Rangers have got the belief back 
I think that's the best word to, um, to describe there. And as I said, fashion Sakala is rampant at this point. He is, Juranovic is shitting himself every time Sakala gets the ball. He's taking him on and he's not, he, he does not know what to do. Um, and then kind of five minutes after we get the equaliser, Sakala again drives in at the Celtic box. Now, I like this is what I like about this goal. He, he had the option to go out wide to try and get a cross in, but he, he actually goes in more central and plays the kind of ball past, um, I think it's uh, Starfield. Um, it gets in the other side and then obviously cuts back and that's what wins the penalty because obviously Starfield's trailing like catches him. And it's a penalty to Rangers. Tavernier steps up. I'm a wee bit hesitant here because obviously how Tavernier had started the game, I think, shit. Tavernier's first ever penalty against Celtic. Um, Rangers' first penalty against Celtic in a decade. Joe Hart, wee bit of shenanigans there. Um, don't really mind that. That's that's fine. Um, and I have to say, Tavernier, that's probably his best ever penalty. Um, second only to the, the Red Star penalty. That that penalty was absolutely phenomenal. Like you Al McCoy said it, two keepers in there, you ain't saving that. Um and it's it's two one Rangers. Unbelievably it's two one Rangers. Uh, we won't spoke about it, we didn't see the equalizer coming and then we went in Rangers ahead. Uh Tom, your thoughts on the build up, your thoughts on the execution of the penalty and your thoughts it being two one up. Can I fight You've just got to give Sakala the credit, you know, driving, you know, give, give him the ball, he was just running at them and, he, you know, he had them on toast every time. Yeah, got the penalty, you know, penalty every day of the week. That You know, you can tell because they've not complained about it once, surprisingly. Although I did see somebody today say Sakala's still running, but that's, you know, by the by. Yeah, well, stood up. I think you give him too much credit there, Tom. There's actually a viral tweet on Twitter for a Celtic fan saying that Starfield didn't touch Sakala, which is just unbelievable. Oh, I must have missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Andy, Andy Walker didn't win on on, uh, on Sky, so I was like, well, I like this. <laughs> not yet, any, so I, I hasten to add, not yet. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Tav stood up and I did I did have my worries when he when he hit the ball. I mean, as I said, I, didn't, I wasn't live, but I was watching it on the television. And I, my first thought is he skied it. I thought, mm. fuck, you know, fuck, he's, he's, he's ballooned it. This has got, and turned out it was an absolutely perfect penalty. Oh, you know? Top class. You, you take all the, you take, take everything, factor in everything. The way he started the game, his form, the fact that this was a chance to go in the lead, old fun match, fifty thousand fans. Uh, yeah, he stepped up and 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 he he converted it very very well. Um, just top class. Uh, Kenny, sorry, top class. A brilliant finish. What <laughs> unstoppable. Uh, but all credit again to Sakala. Uh, Commits their defenders. Uh, why the, the guy Starfield uh, slides in like that, I have no idea. I, I, I agree with you, you know, the stuff about the viral tweet. There is a, a number of them turning around and saying that uh, they, they, they think Sakala stamped on his, or stood on his foot. Well, where's he meant to plant his foot? He's the one with the, with the ball. Utter nonsense. But to be fair, uh, Tav was as cool as cucumber there, wasn't he? And did you notice, as you said, about the shenanigans with Joe Hart? Joe Hart actually stands. I think he thinks Tavernier's hitting that down the middle. And 
I'll be honest with you, um, I'll be totally honest with you. I said to Eddie, he's like, this is, I said to Eddie, um, I fancy him here, but this is going down the middle. Um, and Eddie actually agreed. So, uh, aye, there was a wee bit of mind games there, weren't there? That, uh, there was, and Tav won, and won big time. And yeah. he, he wasn't asking about, he smashed that. That's the hardest penalty I think I've ever seen Tavernier hit. It, it is absolutely leathered right, th- right through it. Uh, and right in the top corner. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> what you want to see, isn't it? Don't want to be too depressing here, Kenny, but um, it just makes me think that Tavernier should have hit that penalty in the League Cup final. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was right in line with that that, that day, and it was a, a horrible. Aye, aye, let's, let's Absolutely not, horrible. Let's not talk about it. Um, Rangers are in complete control at this point. 2-1 up. Celtic are creating nothing. Celtic are making mistake after mistake. The, the, they're struggling to string two or three passes together, few loose balls, few balls go out the field. Um, Rangers start some shithouse today, which I like. Um, don't know if any of you noticed this, but the ball boys were kind of handing the ball to the, the, the Celtic players when it came out for a shy, but then they would fling it behind them. They would have yep. to, that, that's the kind of stuff you have to do against a Celtic team, preventing the fast start. Now, we've said it since Postecoglou arrived on these shows. Prevent Celtic from getting the ball into play as fast as he can and the penny finally dropped and we're 2-1 up. So I'm thinking, we've got this. We've definitely got this now because Celtic are getting frustrated. They're not really knowing what to do. We then create our final chance of the match, if you will. Um, Tillman goes through and goal and Carter Vickers, to be fair, he makes a fantastic block. Really, Tom, I'm looking back in it and it was a defining moment because if, if Tillman scores, we win. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Am I being harsh, Tom, uh, by saying that Tillman panicked a little here? Because we can talk about the, the block by Carter Vickers being fantastic, but in order to give him the chance of doing that block, you, you can only really do one thing, hit it hard and low. Whereas a wee bit more composure, you put him on his arse and you lift the ball and it's 3-1. Yeah, I don't think he knew. I don't think it was quite, was in two minds what, you know, what to do and he just ended up doing the completely the wrong thing. So yeah, I I think yeah, I say, but I think it was a moment of panic. Didn't quite know what to do. Is is that being harsh? I don't think it's being harsh. I mean, we, we have to remember the kid's only twenty. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it is that it's that cliche that I've been thrown around. But he's twenty years old. You're not gonna get if if he was good enough to you know come into a game like you know to play in an all firm game and and be an absolute standout, he wouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah. No, that's. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, Kenny, one player I want to talk about now is John Lundstrom. Um, listen, I've been mega critical of John Lundstrom the last couple of months. I feel as if he's been an empty jersey. I think he's been a shadow of him, of himself. And and what I, what I mean by that is that form we've seen in the last three, four months of last season, I believe that is himself. However, my fear is maybe this season's version of John Lundstrom is himself because we don't really know the form of Lundstrom yet. But although he's been here for over a year now, we still don't know his kind of traits in terms of what his form is like, what his true form is like. There's there's this um, worrying feeling that I have with John Lundstrom that that three, four months last season was a purple patch, his best purple patch of his career. So can he replicate that? We've seen nowhere near it. Old firm matches in particular, Lundstrom has failed to impress me. I actually feel as if he's been really, really poor. Um, I felt as if... He's been quite embarrassing, if 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 I'm going to use a strong term, um, and he was certainly in that first half, um, proving me right. Not that that matters, but it's it's a it's it's an observational point. 
I have to say, Kenny, that second half for John Lundstrom was absolutely phenomenal. He was a monster in that second half. He was winning everything. He was setting the tone. Nothing went astray in terms of a pass. Physicality was spot on. Celtic could not handle him. And I have to say, that was absolutely phenomenal for John Lundstrom. And I do not know where that came from. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think he, he actually came right into the game, after the same as the team did after about 25 minutes. He, he had a good second half to the first half, uh, if you know what I mean. He, he really started to get into it. Uh, but that I agree with you. Until he ended up having to go off, uh, he was as good as any player on the park, probably the best player in the park uh, for that 20, 25 minutes, half hour, whatever it was. Um, but I, I, I must admit, I, I, I do think a lot of the, the drop-off and a lot of these players, Lundstrom inclu- included, has been something to do with fitness. And I think he's, uh, the, the longer he, he, that, that Michael Beale uh, works with these players, I think the, the, the better you're going to see them, to be honest with you. Lundstrom in particular, I think he's going to be a key player for us in the second half of the season. He, he, he was excellent yesterday, he really was. Certainly if he performs anything like that second half performance, then I totally agree with you. Um, however... He was clearly injured. I don't actually know what's happened to him. There's rumours that he's got a couple of broken ribs. Um, yeah, there, I've heard that. There was a challenge kind of on the sort of kind of rib area, chest area, um, and he, he had to come off. Ryan Jack came on. Don't think anyone had an issue with that. Um, as I said, it's still pretty much all Rangers. Without us really creating much, but Celtic are certainly creating nothing. And then, uh, look, I, I, I think this is, I think this is a very valid talking point. Um, there's, there's been a mixed reaction to this opinion on, on social media, but I think certainly, um, there's, there's something in it. So it'll be interesting to hear what you guys say. Two, two further substitutions are made. Morelos comes off for Scott Wright, and Tillman comes off for James Sands. Um, and that was in the 80th minute for Wright, the 85th minute for Sands. Celtic get the equaliser in the 88th minute. We'll come on to the equaliser first. The substitutions for me were wrong um, and even more baffling. I, I would give Michael Beale a wee bit more credit if Michael Beale had come out and said, look, we tried to protect what we had. The team are fucked. Well, we're the walking wounded. We we just tried to keep that 2-1 as best we can. We put on uh, an extra defensive-minded player in James Sands to do that. But instead, Michael Beale went the other way and said that he tried to keep the same tactics, really. The same sort of kind of like-for-like replacements, um, which makes it all the more baffling that Sands come on for Tillman when Scott Arfield's sitting there. Um, and the wrong decisions and ultimately cost us, in my opinion. Tom, do you think that that's a correct opinion or am I being harsh? No, Bill got it wrong. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's worked one, you know, he's done fantastic since he came in. And I'm not getting any back and, at and all. In but, match, and in this match in particular as well. He, and, yeah. he got it on until this point, yeah. But he, he got it wrong. I mean, I don't know if Arfield's carrying a knock. You know, I mean, he's, he is getting on. What is he, 36? No, 34. 34. 34, sorry. But, you know, he's, he's not fit for the rigors of three games a week. I get that. If he wasn't if he wasn't fit, I could maybe give him a little leeway. But if he's on the bench, you, 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 you throw him on for 10 minutes. If he can give us 10 minutes, great. And that would have been the right decision. Even, you know, instead of Scott Wright... Kamar Roof's on, you know, was, yeah, Roof was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, throw, throw Roof on, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a big lump of a boy, throw it up to him and see, you know, if take a bit of pressure and just fall over. It's a free kick. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Um, <laughs> Kenny, to Tom's point, and, and Tom makes a very good point, possibly Arfield wasn't fit enough. Possibly, we don't know. But I think you did say Kamar Roof weren't fit enough. They were there in case we needed a goal. <sighs> I don't get why they were on the bench then. 
um, because really it looked as if we were never going to use the two of them. So I don't get why both of them are on the bench. And surely Antonio Cholak or Kemal Roof, Kemal Roof in particular, to, to, to Tom's point, is cute enough to come on and see a game out by getting those very soft fouls going down just by getting a bit of contact from Starfield or Carter Vickers. And that enables, because this is the point we haven't actually made, that enables Fashion Sakala to stay out right because this is the consequence yep. of the substitutes. The substitutes meant that Scott Wright went out on the right and Fashion Sakala went through the middle. We've got our most attacking threat nullified by Rangers. Celtic didn't nullify our most attacking threat. Rangers nullified that. And baffling, just baffling. I, I don't. I think if Arfield comes on for Tolman, that gives us a bit of a press. We know what Arfield's like. He's going to run about all day, hustling and harrying. Keeps the cow out right with Cholak up front. All Cholak has to do is hold the ball, win a few flick-ons, buy a few fills. Instead, we bring on Scott Wright, who's seven stone soaking wet. Instead, we bring on James Sands, who's got absolutely no confidence. He's got the confidence of a virgin in a nightclub. Uh, so, <laughs> but what... Can you rationalise his thinking here? Because I really can't. I think it's a massive error by Michael Beale. And I don't mind that because he is going to make mistakes. He's a young coach. But the biggest... Sorry. It's, it's his, sorry, Kenny. It's his, ex, it's his explanation after the game saying that he wanted to keep everything the same when quite clearly his substitutions contradicted that. Well, you just alluded to the, the biggest the biggest error that was made on, on the day, tactically like that, was taking Sakala from wide right into the middle. He should have definitely put Cholak on for 10 minutes and kept Sakala there. Uh, I, I don't want to be too down on any individual players. I have no real issue with Sands coming on. Um, I, again, I agree with you. He's no great confidence, but I don't. I didn't have a particular issue with that. But I do have an issue with Scott Wright coming on. He's just not good enough. Um, and yet again, he, he turns up, gives the ball away. Uh, we he, the issue I have with Scott Wright is he might be an attacking player and 95% of the time you'll see him he's facing his own goal and he's chasing back because he's not got the touch or the control required uh, to play for Rangers he really doesn't and that was my kind of biggest gripe at the end of the game was that Arfield I don't know I would have put Arfield on uh, but you might be right there might be a, an issue there but my, my main gripe was putting Sakala in for Morelos, where it should have been Cholak in there for me, definitely. That would be my take on it, anyway. Yeah, uh, as I said, look, it's not being ultra-critical of Michael Beale. Unfortunately, Michael Beale is going to learn on the job. Michael Beale is going to make mistakes. Michael Beale isn't the finished article as a manager. He's not even the games into his managerial career, so... We've seen it with Gerard. Gerard made plenty of mistakes and Gerard learnt, learnt from those mistakes. Um, and we're going to have to see that with Bill. Because of the nature of Scottish football, he will get away with it more often than not. However, in old fun games, that's where it's more likely to bite you in the arse. And it certainly did. Because on the 88th minute, Celtic equalised with Kyle. And um, again, just another clusterfuck, another present for Celtic. Jota has the ball out left. Now, Jota only wants to go one way. Everyone knows it. Everyone can see it. He wants to cut in. Now, if he cuts in with an individual piece of brilliance, then, which, by the way, Jota is capable of, I don't mind. I don't mind that. That can happen to the best. Jota could do that to many players. Many players better than James Tavernier. The issue I have is Tavernier may as well not have been there because Jota just walked into the... Jota walked into that cutting. 
probably the easiest cut in that Jota's ever had to make. And then when you consider the environment being an old firm match and Rangers are 2 1 in, uh, 2 1 up, sorry, um, not good enough at all in the slightest. So that's the first mistake. Um, and I, I think that summed up James Tavernier's day. Just weak, poor. The ball then goes into Aaron Moy, who does okay to try and retain the ball under a bit of pressure from Jack. Jack wins it. And Jack has the opportunity to, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say clear it because he's going to put it back into a danger area. Jack has an opportunity to put that ball out for a corner. Let's Rangers regroup. Celtic have had a few corners in this game and Pors does no trouble at all. So would I have been comfortable with the corner being conceded? Probably not. I'd have obviously been nervous for hanging on. But you know what? I would have been the corner over presenting the chance that Celtic got. So Ryan Jack for me is absolutely culpable there. The ball then ricochets its way to Kyogo. And now this is the this is a third mistake that I, I want to highlight because this hasn't been highlighted. Why is Kyogo unmarked, free as a bird, in our penalty spot? Not a single man around him when Rangers are 2-1 up in the last minute of the game, effectively. And he's got the freedom of Ibrox to come away with a very good finish and tie the game up at 2-2. Kenny... I despair, mate. I think they're all getting dragged to the ball, aren't they? There's a little bit of panic going on. Um, I noticed that uh, Barisic and I think it's Ben Davies are both on on the goal line, and the boy puts it between the two of them high into the net. Um, I, I, listen, it, it's a it's a catalogue of errors. Uh, Ryan Jack for me is most culpable. He's got two opportunities, Ryan Jack, to clear the ball and he doesn't take either of them. Then there's a deflection, then there's another slight deflection, uh, and it lands in his path. Um, a terrible, terrible goal to lose, uh, all uh, culminating from the substitutions, uh, uh, to be honest with you. I thought we just decided to get deeper and deeper and deeper in that last, last 10, 15 minutes. Um, brutal, actually. Tom, Rangers aren't renowned for being the best team defensively over the last year. I think the statistic is the last 35 matches we've conceded first. Something around those numbers uh, might not be completely accurate, but those numbers are pretty accurate in terms of where we're at with that. Seeing out games, Rangers aren't renowned for that. Um, And Celtic are renowned for getting late winners and late equalisers. That's what they do. Why did we play into their hands? No idea. I just... <laughs> I mean, honest. I mean, is it just is it down to a case of we lack the squad depth? I mean, albeit you know injuries play a yeah. part, but no, we yeah. haven't got the we haven't got good enough players to come off the bench. No, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it that Celtic bringing on Jackie Marcus and Jaw for that kind of last ten minutes. Yeah. Um, Aaron yeah. Moy, well, Aaron Moy, he's a very underrated player for me. This is a guy that. You know, performed very well for four or five years in English Premier League. Like Aaron Moyes, no milk, you know what I mean? Had a good World Cup as well. So even bringing him on shows the strength of depth. Um, it was, look, I'm going to come on at this point, actually. I'm going to come on at this point about depth, substitute bench. Um, let's just sum up the game. Celtic get the equaliser. There's seven minutes extra, uh, seven minutes of injury time. The most unbelievable seven minutes I've ever seen in an old firm match when it comes to injury time. Both teams played it out, <laughs> accepted a lot. Fine, cool. Rangers were fucked. Celtic knew they got lucky. Um, a point to Celtic at the end of the The celebrations by the Celtic fans summed it up for me. They know that they are 
edging up a closer. Um, you very rarely see an old form team celebrate like that after a draw, so they know that they got lucky on the day. Rangers better. Rangers were fantastic for that second half, albeit that one mistake which cost us. That's the positives. However, in summary, Michael Beale, after the game, says he wants kind of two or three. Start breaking it up. Start breaking the team up now. I'm, you know, the, from the start of 11, McGregor, Tavernier, Golson, Davis, Barisic, Kamara, Lundstrom, Sakala, Tom and Kent Morelos. I'm not adverse to Barisic and Kamara, possibly even Morelos leaving this, this January. Start breaking the team up. Let's start building towards the summer and then get a major recruit, recruitment drive in the summer. Um, that's, how, that's how I see it now. Um, I'm not saying here that I, I've totally given up on the title because anything can happen. All I want Rangers to do now is just don't hand it to them. Keep winning. Don't drop any stupid points. If they if they blink, make sure we're there to capitalise. Most likely they will win it, but as I said, don't hand it to them. More than we already have. Um, and let's just start the rebuilding process now. That's how I take it, Kenny. Absolutely. Said it last week to you and uh, on the pod last week, and I will reiterate it again. The squad needs gutted. Um, the, to me, over the next two windows, uh, the, uh, Chris Boyd keeps saying it as well. Every time you see him, it's massive. These two windows, but he's right. That we we need to get um, possibly as many as eight, nine, ten players out of that squad. They're not good enough. Um, they've been proven over a period of sustained time that they're not good enough, um, and they're not um, they're not winners. Do you know what I mean by that? There's a number in there that just yeah. don't feature often enough, and guys like and I don't want to sit and come across as if I'm being down on Scott Wright, but Scott Wright is not, never has been, and never will be good enough for Rangers. Get him moved on. He should have been moved on in the summer. He's, he, he's, it's got to happen. Uh, and I know it's difficult because the boy will be decent wages and who else is going to take him. But I totally agree with you. That there has got to be a clear out. As many as we can this, this January. But again, I, I will reiterate that as well, that I do actually think players out at this minute is more important than getting players in. I think... Michael Beale has said those two or three. Yeah, I agree with that, getting two or three in. But see if we can get five or six out this January, I'd be happy with that. Because the players that are injured are will be coming back. And they, you know, the likes of Lawrence and Hadji uh, are, are better players than what are currently featuring. So I totally agree with you, Chris. I do want to talk about transfers, striker benches and stuff. Uh, that will be kind of... The last talking point, the sort of penultimate talking point, I feel, is a warranted one. It's going to split opinions. It's going to bring out the... the, the, the I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. It's going to bring out the, the most emotional of responses, but it's a conversation I feel now we have to have, and that is James Tavenier. I was never one for saying James Tavenier needs to go or isn't good enough or is never a captain. I've always I've always liked Tav. Um I've never really seen or bought into the negativity around him because I think he gives us far more than... He gives us far more good than, than, than bad. Yesterday, the penny dropped for me that Celtic target the Rangers captain as a weakness. Now, that should never happen in any context, in any context at all. And there's a reason they target James Tavernier as a weakness, and that's because he can't defend. Going forward, his numbers are phenomenal. He scored his 100th career goal. He's a right-back, of course. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Rangers now need to have a serious think here. Um, 
can we replace those goals and assists throughout the team rather than that position? Because we're not going to get a right back that gives us that output. We're not. What we're going to have to do in order to replace Tav in the future is spread that out between midfield, wingers, strikers, even a right back and a left back that will chip in. Maybe not as much, but still some, so that we're not losing that output. Because defensively, it's just not good enough. Now, that's my opinion. Do I expect James Tavernier to leave Rangers? No, I don't think he will. His new contract states that James Tavernier is going to be here for the next couple of years, at least. And that's a worry for me. That's a worry, because James Tavernier has been the leader of this Rangers team. And let's be honest, I get the circumstances surrounding it. I get where we came from between Pedro, Murray and then to Gerald. We weren't in a good place. But this Rangers team, this current Rangers team, has got to Europa League final and is 155. And that's pretty much all they've done, albeit another Scottish Cup. We should have won a lot more. And this season, albeit we're still in two domestic trophies, we don't know how that's going to go. But this season, it is looking like it's another league campaign lost. It's He's been here and he's seen an unprecedented amount of failure. As, as harsh as that is, and I get the caveats of where we were, not really interested in that conversation of where we were anymore because, as I said, this Rangers team has shown it's good enough. It's not as if this Rangers team has been the, the Rangers team for the last 10 years. This Rangers team has been the Rangers team for the last five, six years and, and they, they have achieved quite a good bit, but not enough. I think they've underachieved. I think we have underperformed. And we certainly have underachieved in a sense of uh, honours. And I think to myself, going forward, can I see that changing? I, I I think the evidence shows that it can't. It's not going to change significantly this season anyway. Um, the summer, have at the head of that. I think the conversation is merited. I, I, as I say, I, I think we're wasting our time having the conversation, but I think we should have it anyway. And the reason I think we're wasting our time is because I don't think he's going to. I don't think Michael Beal is going to look for a new right back. Um, and it worries me greatly because. James Tavernier has been a phenomenal footballer for Rangers. The the length of service he's given us and the, the moments he's given us and t- the the output he continues to give us has been fantastic. But there is no way anyone can look me in the eye and say it's going to continue because in my opinion, and it'll be interesting to get you, Kenny and Tom, what, what you think about this. There, there, there is no agenda here. If, if, if Kenny or Tom strongly disagree with me, they're encouraged to say so, but in my opinion, Tav is quite clearly now on the decline and it's only going to get worse. Um, and it happens to every footballer. It happens to a legend. It, we we have quite possibly our greatest ever goalkeeper in between the sticks at the moment and we're seeing it with him. Every player cannot beat Father Time. James Tavernier's style of play dictates that it's, it's not possible for him to continue this anymore because his body will eventually break down. And I think we're starting to see the very beginning of that. And a proactive football club nips that in the bud and replaces it before it gets to, before it becomes a real problem. We, we aren't that club. Um, and as I said, we're going to, I want to come on to transfers in a minute. But Kenny, I'll come to you first. Am I being a dick? Am I being disrespectful? Am I being harsh? Or, or can you see some things that I'm saying here as as actually the truth? No, it, there's there's a huge element of truth to it. He's not he's he's not playing well. Uh, his form this season has been absolutely horrific. But again, you do get that with Tavernier a little bit, don't you? One good season, one bad. Uh, I tend to agree with you in terms of. Uh, old father time if you want to call it that you know he's getting older um actually i actually do think there's something about uh the you know this 
continual rumour about an injury. Okay, that it looks as if I, again, I, I don't know if you noticed that yesterday, but he's hobbling about again in the last 10 15 minutes of that game, Chris. He really is. Um, now, if he's hobbling about, he needs taken off. Do you know what I mean? Uh, this is too important. That was far too important and uh, far, far too important a game uh, yesterday to carry any passengers. Um, and if you're sitting hobbling about or standing hobbling about in the last 10 minutes of a game against them, that's an issue. Uh, now, the one thing I will say is I put that up, exactly this argument I tried to put up uh, on Twitter a week or two ago, and it gets shouted down very quickly. So I have to say, Kenny, like, uh, for complete transparency, when you put it up, I, I didn't say anything public or privately to you. I just, my own personal opinion was, I think you've jumped the gun a wee bit there. Yesterday was the first time I've seen it. The, yesterday was the first time the penny dropped for me. And went, right, we have an issue here. Um, and it's an issue that's better now. Look, I get football players and football managers will say things in press conferences and they don't want to reveal the whole truth. I get that. But you have to look at the integrity of the Rangers captain. He's telling us he's not injured. So Exactly. Um, because, look, I'm not calling James Tavernier a liar. What I'm saying about James Tavernier is look at the example of probably our modern-day captain um, kind of in the last 20 years, 20, 30 years, Barry Ferguson. Um there was a period in time, and Barry Ferguson's character is not the best character, by the way. I'm, I'm not preparing, uh, I'm not comparing either character, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing their captaincy and, and how they took that responsibility. Barry Ferguson under Paul Le Guin was very transparent. He said he was fucked, and the only reason he stayed on that field for that kind of six, seven months, needing an operation, taking painkiller injections, he said the team, he felt as if the team needed needed them to do that and the manager asked them to do that and we were all frustrated with Barry's performances that particular season but we also understood he's carrying something because he's told us that whereas our current captain is is, is telling us that he's fine so it's one or two things Kenny you're either fine and you're just shit out of form or you're not being totally honest with us telling us you're injured Tav is not a sign of weakness it actually helps us understand why you're not performing the way that we expect you to. Is that too much to ask? No, no. Well, look, Chris, you, you've alluded to this yourself. You're saying that he's being targeted. It's not just Celtic yesterday that are targeting him. He's getting targeted week in, week out. But it, Rangers fans are going to have to open their eyes to this. He is being uh, identified as a weak link in our team, defensively in particular. Um, that If that's not concerning Rangers fans, then then it really should. Uh, now, the issue I have is exactly what you have just said. Um, if he's saying he's not injured, somebody explain to the Rangers support here why he's, why he is hobbling about or limping about in the last five, ten minutes of games, virtually every single game. It's got to be addressed. Uh, and I don't want to sit here and uh, have a go at James Tatt. What a player he's been for us. But he is being absolutely terrorised uh, almost weekly at the minute and it's not not fair in him so a little bit of honesty about what is actually going on might help I don't know I don't know if, if he's injured or not it certainly looks it to me but there is an issue here and you're absolutely right to highlight it on this podcast um, if, I, if I can just jump in I think the question we need to ask ourselves and the first one is Adam Devine ready to take over as a first choice Rangers right back 
Well, that 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 feeds into what I do want to talk about, what I do want to podcast on. But um, you know, to me, you know, if if he's not ready, which I, I personally don't think he is yet, as in to play every game, you know, that Tav does, he will be our first choice right back in years to come. If he's not ready yet, do we stick with Tav for a, for a year or two until he is, or do we get rid of Tav and find basically Tav two point another somebody else who's not going to be as good as Tav, who's just going to basically be there for a stopgap for two years until Divine's fit. And ready to step up. It's, what do we do? Well, it's it's the old adage. There's a guy who's getting paid a six-figure salary to make those And um, let's let's go on to this. If I, if I, I just want, I just want to close it. My my thing is, yeah, Tav's on the decline. Yes, but manage manage divine manage divine time to get him up to speed asap. But ultimately, <laughs> give him give him you know give him as long as he needs, and use the use the right back we've got at the moment. I, th- I think where I'm at with that is, uh, it's a, it's a first point first of all, but where I'm at is, are we then prepared to accept that he is going to cost us points, goals, games, because he is on the decline, because he's not going to be perfect? Are we going to accept, are we going to be prepared to accept that going forward? I don't think we are. I think it doesn't deserve some of the abuse he gets. It doesn't, some of it is over the top. And I went in heavy on him yesterday because I was really frustrated by him. Um, it's only going to get worse, Tom. Yep, agreed. You know, and he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't. No, hundred percent. Normal Rangers player. Well, Tom, to your point, obviously, is Adam Devine ready? Uh, I would probably agree that he probably isn't ready, but it just sort of sums up the lack of contingency plan that that we currently have at the moment. Um, as the fact that we're relying to fill gaps or potential gaps due to injuries, fitness, and form, it just doesn't. It just clearly isn't good enough. Now, you look at the parallels between Rangers and, obviously, their opposition uh, on Monday. Um, you look at their bench. Their bench are bringing on Jota, they're bringing on Jackie Marcus, they're bringing on Aaron Moy, um, and we're bringing on James Sands and Scott Wright. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Also, the one thing that really, really pissed me off was you look at their team um, on the 2nd of January, and they've, they've included two new signings in their team. Uh, obviously, the, the 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 Japanese boy and that Alistair Johnson. Now that's uh, almost six million pounds worth of new talent. They've also signed another Japanese boy, um, the the defender. And uh, today it looks like they're about to seal a deal for the South Korean striker. They're nine points clear. They're the current champions. They're they're strengthening from a position of strength. Something which we fail to do with fifty five. Um, the fact that we went into this game when not even a hope of a new player, the fact that it's not even been discussed that a new player would be coming in, despite the fact we know our issues, we know what we need, I don't get it. Is it a case of a lack of funds? Is it a case of Michael Beale is asked to assess these players, which, if he has, worries me, because he knows the players. What is it he's having to assess? Is it a case of, to Kenny's point, one or two need to leave before we bring one or two in? Again, that worries me. Our approach here could not be any more different than to Celtics, and we're getting what we deserve. We're nine points behind them. We're, we're unable to win Old Firm matches in the league over the last two years. We are looking at the consequences of five neglectful transfer windows when we look at that Rangers team on Monday, and I include, obviously, the bench. And then our deputy chairman is saying this is the best Rangers team in his time at the club. It's a lot of shit. Is absolutely. I know that's not exactly such a articulate argument to just come out with. It's a lot of shit, 
again, it's a, a very reactive comment, but it really is a lot of shit. Three million pound and Rabbi Matondo, and then he's reported wages of nearly thirty grand a week. No wonder we're in the shape we're in. And as I said, we're getting what we deserve. Now it needs to radically change from from this moment until the the, the January window shuts. Our approach needs to radically change because we're staring down. And Kenny, I firmly believe this purely on experience of the last couple of years. We're looking down the barrel of another two panic ex-EPL loan signings at the end of this window if we don't get our finger out. We should have a target of four or five ready to go right now. Right, boom, let's get them in the building, get them, get them, uh, you know, climatised with our new team on the training field, see what they can do. This waiting about finger up or else approach is not going to help Michael Beal or the club. And we're, we're going the exact same way again. We are, yeah. Um, the, listen, the, the issues with... Ross Wilson, the scouting, the, uh, the the transfer policy, whatever, you know, the whole mix of it, we actually should have a podcast of, on its own because uh, this is a, a major, major issue. We are sitting here watching, as you say, a team nine points clear of us. They've already spent, what, seven, eight, nine million quid this January. Uh, they're nine points clear and we are sitting here twiddling our thumbs, sneaking, you know, what are we going to do? What is it? Why are we not in a situation where Michael Beale has walked in, what, five, six weeks ago, five, what is it, whatever it is, and turned around and said, I want this guy and I want him for the old firm game. I want him then. Um, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily what we all need to see happening, but I totally agree with you. If we sit here and, how would you put this, uh, literally hum and haw a little bit about what we're going to do, who do we need, or that, you know, that's too expensive for this. Get players in. We need players, Michael Beale's already said it, that are better than our starting 11. Uh, Hand on heart, if I'm being 100% honest, there's actually seven or eight that you could replace that would walk into our team. Now, I understand we have injuries and all the rest of it, but that's the kind of turnover that's required here, and it's it's got to be done uh, over this window and in the summer. Now, it's a little thing that keeps getting uh, missed here. I know Tom, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, Dave, on this podcast has alluded to it um, uh, in, in the past, but if they win this league this year, they go too behind us, and they're already strengthening as it is while we're trying to play catch-up. This has to be rectified immediately, uh, and I have no faith or confidence in Ross Wilson doing that. I genuinely don't. Now, it, this is my only aperitif to that, is that I'm trusting and hoping that Michael Beale is going to be in charge of this, uh, because if it's Ross Wilson, we are in the mire here and we're not getting out of it. We have to deal with this immediately, Chris. We do. Kenny, that's it. You, you're, you've hit the nail on the head there because it's, it's very, we're three days into January. Of course, it's very early. Of course, a lot of things can change. And of course, we could get players in that we require. And things, you know, could be more positive by the 31st of January. Of course it could. But what you just said is exactly how I feel. Look at our track record. Look who we're having to trust. Look you said it yourself. This is the culmination of four, five, six windows of utter failure it really is and we have to get that addressed this january yeah 
Yeah, there's no ifs or buts. It needs to be because another failure of a transfer window. We 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 you know you you say that yourself there about Dave's comments. That is that is the next target for the Celtic fans. Of course, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that that and I, as I said, the the overall emotion for me is we're getting what we deserve, and the fans deserve better. Of course, we do, but the club with the approach to the transfer market, expecting to build a sustainable, successful club with players who were signing just because they're available, we get what we deserve, and that is a lack of success. Well, you alluded to, again, our vice chairman's comment uh, a few weeks ago, you know, a couple of months back now, two or three months back now, uh, and I said to you at the time on, on this podcast that I, I, I genuinely get quite offended when money men start talking about football. It reminded me of the David Murray era where Martin Bain and, and the likes of Murray would sit and pipe up about football matters. Wind your neck in. You concentrate on what you have to do and let the football department deal with the, deal with the, 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 the football side of things. Uh, it is, as you say, a, an utter nonsense to suggest that this is the strongest squad we've had. We've had a squad two seasons ago that went invincible and that man turned around and tried to tell us this is a better team. Behave yourself. Exactly. Tom, sum up for us. Bowling club mentality. Uh, you know, um, we're not going to see a change this, this month. You know, I think we'll, I'll just almost burst out bubble. The, the, the board haven't got the mentality to, to turn to, ch- to change the last five years, or the last five transfer windows, sorry. Unfortunately, I, I can't see it changing. And that's, but, what it, that's what it comes down to Kenny's point, though. Hopefully, Bill's the one to change it. I almost think he's going to be shouting into a hurricane. He can shout, he can, he can shout and ball and say what he say what he needs. But ultimately, they, I don't think they've got the, the wherewithal, the mentality, the, the desire, desire's the wrong word. They have got the desire to see a successful Rangers. The, the ability. I don't think they've got the ability to hard-headedness to get us what we want. Yeah. Um, Sad to see. I think Tom's right. Yeah. I, I'm just no confidence in them whatsoever. I mean, maybe we should somewhat with it. find somebody more cheerful. Find a cheerful end to it. But, <laughs> but that, that, see that to me, Tom, like that, that point. I know you're very flippant, but that does that helps nobody. And there's plenty of Rangers fans like that. And I'm not having a go at them, by the way. Yeah, every Rangers fan is entitled to see Rangers in any light they want, and that's their right as a Rangers fan. It's certainly not my right to be condescending or talk down to any other Rangers fan for any opinion they have. All I will say is happy clapping the job that Ross Wilson has done and the football department has done helps nobody because it's been neglectful, been wrong and we're in this position for a reason and people, another thing that really annoys me is some people will say, I don't look at our injury list. The injury list is a culmination of the transfers that have been made by Ross Wilson. These guys who have this injury record, Kemal Roof, Philip Palander, John Souter, they didn't just all of a sudden become these injury-prone players as soon as they arrived at Rangers. Those those issues were already there. And it needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. We are told that we have the best technology when it comes to finding every bit of data about players that we are signing. Ross Wilson is on record for saying that he knows the personality of these players. He knows everything about these players right down to what they eat before they're the same. If that's true, then... He's doing a worse job than I ever gave him credit for because we are very much in the lucky bag um, territory of signing players. Some will come off, but more often than not, they won't. And the ones that don't are the most costly. 
because you look at our record this season, Tom Lawrence and Antonio Cholak are very good players. They didn't cost a lot of money. The players that cost a lot of money, I'm talking Ben Davis, I'm talking Red Van Yomas, I'm talking Ravi Matondo. I mean, Davis and Yomas will probably come good, but they've not been great signings at all thus far, purely because we haven't seen enough of them. Um, and Ravi Matondo, again, he gets a shitload of, he gets a terrible time of it. And it's not the, it's not even the, ball, the, the boy's fault, but three million quid that reported 20 odd grand a week wages. I say it again. We're getting exactly what we deserve. And by the way, Rabbi Matondo's fully fit. He couldn't make the squad yesterday. There you go. Read that yeah. But look, sorry, Kenny, on you go. No, I was just going to say, uh, you'll have heard the st- stories as well. We're using the same one or two agencies for, or agents for every, just about every deal we do. And that's got to change as well. Yeah, oh, uh, definitely. Look, obviously, to Tom's point, we want to kind of be more positive, right? But what we'll, you know, it's, it's it was a, it, there was positives in that open match. The result wasn't a positive outcome. We, we don't need to look forward. We will look forward. Obviously, the next podcast will drop in the next couple of days as well. Just fucking win. Obviously, looking at the Dundee United game at Tannadice, another tough game. Look, if we're going to end in a positive, all we need to do now, as I, as I alluded to um, during this podcast, is look, just do our business, win football matches. And then if they drop anything at their end, then hopefully we can obviously capitalise upon that. Do not give them anything. No stupid drop points. That has to be a thing of the past. Win games. I don't care about performances at the present moment. I just want wins. I want three points after three points after three points. If we do that, you never know what will happen. And that just, Tom, that must be the You could say it's just, just fucking win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Just get, wrap those three points up and carry on. Um, it's the only thing we can do now, Kenny, surely. It is. Listen, we were unfortunate not to take the three points yesterday. We certainly merited them. Uh, but that's all we can do, Chris, is win our games uh, every single week from here on in. Uh, I've got plenty of confidence in Michael Beale. I think he made a massive difference yesterday. Uh, the performance was much, much better than we'd seen against them. So, uh there is positives to take from it. Let's not, again, try and be too negative about everything. Uh, we we have to get our, transfer, our transfers this January, right? But if we do that and keep winning, yeah, onwards and upwards, mate. Yeah, control what we can control, I think is the best saying. Um, guys, thanks very much. Kenny, brilliant as always. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Uh, Tom, pleasure to hear from you again, mate. Yeah, you take care, guys. Yeah. Um, I'll say again as I always say please like, follow and subscribe to us we're on Twitter, Instagram Facebook, we're on Apple Music we're on Spotify and we're on Amazon Music, we're also on YouTube the the, the, the smallest of help goes a long way with us um, and we appreciate the continued support um, as I said join us the next couple of days as well, we'll just fucking run will be released um, where we will be previewing the Dundee United game at Tannadice another tough game um, and you know, I hope you all had a happy new year as well as as, as best you could, obviously with the result yesterday. Um, and thanks very much.